Tonight at, at Ground Zero Meetings, we're going to continue with our teaching series, and, and tonight's letter is K, which is Kingdom. And having the mindset on the Kingdom of Heaven is such a, an important piece, you know, to our growth with God. Because so often we get our eyes focused on this world and not on what God is doing in our lives and where we're going to head. You know, that we have this inheritance that we're going to receive, you know, but we also have this inheritance that we can receive here in this domain as well. You know, and we've lived in the kingdom of darkness for the majority of our lives, you know, and you'd hear the, the terminology, people, places, and things. You know, there's places that we can go that bring us back into the the bad neighborhoods and the bad people, you know, and it's not necessarily that they're bad. It's just that we get in trouble when we go around certain individuals, you know, and understanding that there is, you know, things going on that we don't always see, you know, that the John the Baptist, you know, was the first prophetic voice to, to speak for the Lord in over 400 years. And he basically said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, you know, and, you know, not anyone really knew what was going on at the moment, but John started baptizing people, you know, and the Pharisees came along and like, who has given you this authority? You know, that there's something going on, you know, in our lives that we've even come here, you know, that, that we would even say that we're saved, that we even acknowledge Jesus, that we would even want to, to grow with God, that there's a, the kingdom of God is, has come near to us and has been pulling us out of the kingdom of darkness. You know, and so often we, you know, make this small transition. We we start trying to walk ourselves out of the kingdom of darkness, and when we get sober, we abstain from drugs and alcohol, we abstain from pornography, we abstain from uh, dysfunctional relationships, we abstain from gambling, we diet, we abstain from food, and we haven't really transitioned. We haven't submitted completely to God. So we, we're in the middle here building our own kingdom. You know, and so often we're, we're doing okay. We're, we're getting some, you know, a job. We're getting, you know, things that we need. We're, we're taking care of business. And all of a sudden we get too close or we let something sabotage us or we get too emotional and we find ourselves back in the kingdom of darkness again. You know, and, and it's important to realize that until we get our eyes completely on God, that, you know, we, we bounce back and forth between our will and our sin nature, you know, and, you know, that our father prayer says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You know, that there is, you know, this element that God's kingdom comes into our lives when we surrender to his will, you know, and so often, you know, we believe in God, but we're still trying to manifest our own will. And it leaves the door open for us to fall back in and do, you know, things that we are trying to get free from. Because one of the hardest things that we're going to do on a regular basis is surrender our will. You know, and, you know, it's not a one-time thing. Salvation prayer doesn't mean automatically, poof, everything's going to go great. Just because I decided to get sober today, just because I decided that I'm going to lose 100 pounds today, just because I decided that I'm never going to the casino again, just because I'm never going to look at websites again. You know, I, I made my decision. 
and then three seconds later, it's like I, I have a sub in my hand, and I'm going to the casino, and I have, you know, things I'm looking up on my phone as I go, and it's like, how did this happen? You know, because I haven't really thoroughly repented, you know, and there's areas in our lives that, you know, as John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. There's things still in our lives today that we're entertaining that leaves this giant door open, you know, and we're trying to go this way, but yet we're still kind of dabbling in the kingdom of darkness in, in some areas, you know, and, and we're not going to be perfect. Don't get me wrong, you know, but I think that there are certain things that we obviously know that if I continue in this behavior, I can't follow God. And that condemnation keeps us, prevents us from really chasing after God because it's like, in our minds, it's like, I can't do it. God won't allow me to. God doesn't love me, which is the enemy's voice, because I got one foot in the kingdom of darkness. I'm hearing his voice play more than I'm hearing God's voice saying, I love you, you're worthy, come here, let me hug on you, you know, let me love you. You know, because as long as we're dabbling in the kingdom of darkness, we continue to hear the voice of the enemy very prominently. You know, that's why we can struggle with condemnation, and that's why we, we have a hard time chasing after God, is because, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing, but I'm also trying not to do the right thing. And I want God to just zap me, you know, and you know, and come down and just wipe this issue away, and I don't want to do any work, which is typical from for every single person. It's like, I want to lose 100 pounds, but I don't want to go to the gym and die out. You know, I'm going to pray for my metabolism to change in the name of Jesus. You know, and it's like, you know, wait for my pants to fall down and glory to God. You know, and it's like, that's not how this stuff works sometimes. You know, God does suddenly. You know, the kingdom of heaven shows up. Boom. There's healings. There's signs. There's wonders. There's things that happen. And it's like, whoa, God is here. You know, and that's freaky too. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is there is discipline that he's trying to teach us on a regular basis. And we don't like that idea. So... We, we try to do it our way rather than God's way, and we fall back into the, the old way. You know, And there's this thing, this common theme in my own life is I, I continue to work on my weight. You know, it's like I, I want to do the right thing, and I'm like, all right, God, give me the willingness. All right, God, I'm going to do this. Give me the strength. And I start, the motivation starts going. And I don't know what it is, about 240 pounds. When I get to 240 pounds, all of a sudden I start, it's like in my mind, I'm like, that's enough. I'm good. And I'm like, in, but I'm also like, I can't wait to get to 230. But all of a sudden things start going into my face and I start eating things. And I'm like, bye, 240. You know, and then the next thing you know, I'm 255 again. And I'm like, man, I was so close. What happens in the moment is, you know, I allow stressors, you know, and I also take, you know, the foot off the gas pedal, you know, and it's just like any relapse in any other thing. The second I take a break, once too many, a thousand's not enough. The second I stop with disciplines in the midst of a transition, I'm finding myself back doing the things that I, I don't want to do. You know, so often when we have these emotional moments, you know, that it, it turns into drugs and alcohol and the wrong relationships and, and, you know, a variety of different things that we get so stressed out, you know, as we're, we're trying to transition and we're 
we're in our kingdom, but we're trying to do God's things, but we're still dabbling some other things, and the enemy's just hammering on us, and it's like, I just want relief for one second. You know, God, can you just look the other way for a minute and let me just have some peace doing it my way for a second? You know, and it never works. You know, those of us that have dabbled with sin this week, you know, it, it it's never fun. You know, the condemnation and the conviction is still there. And it's like the second we do it, we wish we never did it. You know, and we have to, to say, you know what, I have to press on. You know, the kingdom of heaven is is real and it's here. You know, and it's so important that we keep the mindset that the sovereignty of God, the kingdom of heaven, is so real that when we focus on it, when life happens, that we begin to handle things in godly manners. You know, that you know, the, the principles of recovery, you know, are biblical principles. You know, what what I've come to find out, you know, and it was so funny how it happened. Because I'd read the big book a couple of times before I'd ever read the Bible. And I'm reading through the, the Bible for the first time. And I'm like, the Bible stole this out of the big book. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. The Bible's a little older than the big book. But my first initial thought is like, hey, faith without works is dead. I know where that came from. You know, and it's like, oh, wait, no, it's vice versa. You know, and why do recovery principles work in people's lives that don't have Jesus? Because the word of God does not come back void. So whether they realize it or not, they're working kingdom principles into their lives, forgiving people, you know, selflessly serving people. These are all the things that Jesus said. You know, lay our lives down for one another. You know, and I'll be honest, there's times that I see the kingdom of heaven in an AA meeting or the fellowship of AA a lot better than I see the, the fellowship or the kingdom of heaven in the church. That so often when the hand of AA, or when someone reaches out for help, the hand of AA is there. And so often when somebody reaches out for help, you know, we judge them and we, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you in sin? Why are this? Why are that? And we make all these judgmental, critical, you know, statements towards somebody that's needing help and trying to get free. You know, and it happens in AA too, and there's good things that happen in the church. I'm not trying to bash either one. But, you know, you see the heart of God the kingdom of heaven, and people who say they don't even believe in Jesus. Why? Because they're working these kingdom principles that they've learned through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, that the word of God has been written into that literature, whether you want to agree with it or not. There's scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture in there. So, you know, the God consciousness that floats through the room. The Holy Spirit is moving in just normal AA meetings. So when people say that AA is a secular program, I completely disagree. Because it's all about seeking God. You know, why? Because the kingdom of heaven brings blessing. When I work certain principles in my life, God begins to take the old away and the new begins to come and things begin to, to go in the right direction. You know, and a lot of it is, you know, just getting sober or just getting away from the wrong relationship for just a minute. We already start to feel the peace that begins to come because we're dabbling in the wrong stuff. And we wonder why I'm anxious, I'm confused, I'm angry, you know, I feel condemned all the time, I have all this shame. It's because I got one foot in somewhere that it shouldn't be. You know, and I want both feet in the kingdom of heaven, which means there's a lot of stuff that I think I want to do that I can't really do anymore. You know, and the enemy tries to tell us that it's a great idea if we go do it one more time. You know, 
But as long as we're in the kingdom of heaven, we can play that tape forward, per se, whether it's, you know, going to the China buffet or going to the casino or going to the spot or going to the bar or texting the girl or calling the guy, whatever it might be. When we got both feet in the kingdom of heaven, we begin to recognize the lie. And we say, no, that's a bad idea because I've been delivered out of that that lifestyle. And I don't want to go back into that darkness, into that sin, into that addiction, however you want to say it. I don't want to go there because I've... I'm planting my feet upon the rock of my salvation. I'm trying to live in the kingdom of God. You know, and yes, we have to be in this world but not of it. You know, in Corinthians it tells us that he sets us out of the darkness to send us back into the darkness. Well, what does that mean? It means that once I understand who I am, that I'm a king's kid, that I belong to the kingdom of God, that I have the light of this world, that the same power that raised Christ from the, the dead lives within me, there is nowhere that I can't go, and it won't affect me. You know, and it's so funny is that it's in the, you know the, the literature of Alcoholics Anonymous that when I have done these steps to this point, that I will recoil from the thought of a drink like sticking my hand in a hot flame. That I can go to weddings, that I can go to celebrations, that I can go to parties, and I will not be tempted with a drink. Why? Because I've gotten enough God in my life, I've cleaned house enough, and I've gotten enough freedom from God. That no matter where I go, I don't want darkness anymore. You know, and it's so important that we realize that I have to press into God to get that. So often, I want to do very little bit of a work, and then, well, I'm just going to see what this guy's doing. And then I'm doing what that guy's doing. Because I don't really have the freedom that the kingdom of God, a relationship with Jesus, is going to bring me. Because I'm still just hanging out in my own kingdom, doing it my way, because my will is still attached to me, and it's not his, it's not the Lord's. So it's very easy for me to slip back into the old things, because they're not really old things. You know, so often people say, I've relapsed, but they didn't relapse, because they never really worked the program. They never really started going in the, in the, towards recovery. They never started getting healing. They never started pursuing God. They just were abstaining for a while, and in their own strength, we fall back into sin, whatever, which one's your favorite flavor, you know. So the idea is that we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. You know, in Hebrews it, it talks about keeping your eyes on the invisible prize, Jesus Christ. You know, and no matter what's going on around us, because there can be complete chaos going on. But as long as we keep our eyes on Jesus and focused on kingdom principles, and say, I don't like what's going on. I even hate what's going on. I don't like where I'm at. And Jesus, I know that if I go backwards, it's going to get worse. So I need to just keep hanging in there. You know, you know, and there's scriptures that, that show this principle is that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God raises the standard. That he doesn't give us anything that we can't handle if we ask him for help. That any time that we're tempted, that God always gives us a way out. So the kingdom of darkness is always going to be there. But yet, if I'm living with my mind set on Jesus, and I'm trying to live by kingdom principles, and I'm trying to, to live by the Word of God, I'm trying to live by recovery principles, I'm trying to, to you know, do the best that I can in the moment, that when the kingdom of darkness feels like it's crashing down around us, that all I have to do is believe that my feet are firmly planted on the rock, and that, you know, when I built my house upon the stone, that it 
you know, these things can't affect me because I know who I'm, who I believe and who I belong to. That spirit of adoption comes that, you know, that Jesus is our King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, that, that we have this royal inheritance, per se, you know, and we're sons and daughters of the, the living God, you know, and we're called to serve. You know, that so often, you know, in this transition that we, we still try to operate in the kingdom of darkness with a lot of selfishness, and we don't realize that Jesus came to serve. You know, and sometimes, you know, getting out of our tough place is going to volunteer somewhere, helping somebody. And we think that that's the worst idea. Trust me. You know, I remember so clearly back in, in early recovery days and say, you need a volunteer commitment. I'm like, do they pay you for that stuff? You know, and I legitimately meant it. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do that for free. I'm not doing this. I'm not taking this commitment on. I'm not volunteering. You know, and lo and behold, you know, here I am, you know, serving God, and I volunteer every day, you know, because I decided to get my mind on Jesus, and I gave my life to him as an offering, you know, and I said, here I am. I'm ready to do it your way, you know, which means that there's lots of times that, there's things that come my way that I don't necessarily want to do, but I choose to do because I want to live according to what God would want me to do. You know, there's times that people call me, hey, do you want to move this? And I'm like, sure. And in my head, I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> but here I come. I'm going to help you. You know, last winter, the church called me and said, hey, can you go shovel this lady's, you know, driveway and sidewalk? And it snowed a lot. And I'm like, yep, I'll go. And I dragged one of my lovely guys with me. And he was really happy about it. I could tell just by the big smile he had on his face. You know, and we were both miserable. I won't lie. We didn't talk the whole way there. You know, and it's just like we're driving. I'm like, where is this place? This is going to suck. And we get there, and there was like, two inches on the ground. It literally took us less than five minutes. Somebody shoveled it before or something before we got there the day before. I don't know. All I know is Jesus hooked us up. We get there. We spend five minutes shoveling and we both are laughing. Ah, that's awesome. You know, we did it. Why? It was all about willingness. It was all if I was going to be willing to go where someone was asking me to go. You know, or I could have said, no, I don't want to do that. You know, and that isn't necessarily a bad thing. We have to have boundaries. But there's always these invitations that God gives us to lay our lives down and to help somebody. You know, and when we keep our eyes on the kingdom of God, you know, and, and try to live the way Jesus would want us to live, there's always these divine appointments circling around us at any given moment. And that we have these opportunities to represent the kingdom of God or we have these opportunities to represent our own kingdom, or we have to represent the negative, dark kingdom, because we can have a horrible attitude and, and give people darkness, give people, you know, and, and be sinful towards people, you know, even though we're like, I, you know, <laughs> I'm a believer and I love Jesus, and then rah, and I'm barking at people, you know, and it happens. We all have these moments, you know, that we're not perfect, but when we keep our eyes on the kingdom of, 
of God, and we we believe that if I I press into Him and I I allow Him to change my heart, I allow Him to renew my mind, that I can make a difference no matter where I go. You know, and so often we're so focused on our own kingdom, we're so focused on ourselves, we're so selfish in, in a lot of our actions and a lot of our motives that we miss it. Like God just like comes flowing through and we have these opportunities and we miss it because we're just focused on ourselves. And it doesn't even mean that we're in sin in the sense that we're not, you know, doing these horrible things, but we're so focused on our own kingdom. Well, how is this going to benefit me? And I don't want to do it. And I this and I that, you know, and, you know, Isaiah talks about the five I statements of the enemy, you know, and so often when I hear the eyes, you know, it's, all I can remember is back when I was so selfish that I didn't do anything for anybody. You know, and it, it's so clear that when we I this or I that, our feet are in the kingdom of ourselves. And when we, we recognize it quicker, that we can make these decisions to say, you know what, I need to surrender. I need to do this. I need to do that. You know, many, many years ago, you know, as I, came to an understanding that there was some sort of a higher power coming out of atheism, you know, and, you know, and you're really kind of wrapping your mind around the steps, or I was wrapping my mind around the steps because God came alive to me in a sense. And step 11 is that we pray and meditate on God's will for our lives, basically. And, you know, I remember bringing it up as a topic. I'm like, how do you find God's will? And someone had said, you know, you have a better chance of finding God's will doing the opposite of what you want to do doing the opposite of what you don't want to do you know i don't want to go to a meeting is the meeting that you need you know i don't want to go to this do this i don't want to do this i i i i i you know and i've learned that when i turn away from my selfishness and i say you know i'm going to do that that so often i feel so much better after i'm done you know and i remember and still this day i have the moments where i, I say no i don't want to do that and I feel guilty that I didn't go do that. You know, so I choose today to say, you know what, I'm going to keep my eyes on God and I'm going to try to operate in the kingdom of heaven, which means, you know, I'm loving people and I'm serving people and I'm not perfect. But when we keep our eyes on Jesus, he always gives us these opportunities to bless other people. You know, and I have a truck and I have a group of guys that live with me. So we get called a lot to move people, you know pretty regularly actually you know and i always like yep we'll help yep i'll help you know and there's times that we're moving people and somebody else says hey can you move something and i'm like sure you know and <laughs> there's times that we're moving people and i'm like all right we got to go move this other person we're like wait what like tom what are you doing to us you know it's because i'm dragging people into the kingdom of heaven and, and helping them to see that there's a better way to live you know and it doesn't mean that we always want to you know, once upon a time, there was a guy that lived with me, you know, and I'm dragging him to this and dragging him to that, you know, and I had him in the waiting period as some of the guys here in the waiting period that they love so much, you know, and um, he didn't say it to me, but, you know, I always end up hearing things that get said in the house. He's like, serving Jesus doesn't pay the bills. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting because you're living in a house that came for free. You know, that, that Jesus ended up giving me a house because I served him. 
and it doesn't always happen that way. You know, I, I'm definitely blessed, and, and the house has been given to God, and it's God's house in a sense, and ministries, you know, are happening there, and, and this and that. But it, it was just interesting to me that, you know, I'm asking him to come help me serve God, you know, and he's like, it doesn't pay the bills. I'm like, that's interesting because my bills get paid and you're living in a free house, you know, and it's the mindset. Where's my focus? My focus isn't on the kingdom of God. It's focused on myself. So anytime that God tries to stretch us, we can't see the benefit in it because we're too wrapped up in our own selfishness. You know, and when we're so wrapped up in our own selfishness, we miss God appointments. You know, and we close the door on blessings on some, you know, on some, you know, types. You know, it doesn't mean that God can't bless us. You know, he does what he wants to do. But there's a lot of times that our willingness produces reward. You know, and it doesn't only, you know, we can't, because the second God, you know, knows what what's going on in our heart. You know, like, if I do this, I'm going to get that. He's like, yeah, no. You know, and he blocks the, the inner workings, the inner motives, you know, the sin nature that's in our heart. You know, and when we say, God, I'm just ready to do it your way, you know, he begins to, to show up. But what's funny is that sometimes we do the wrong thing and he blesses us anyway because he likes to, to mess with us. You know, because we can be neck deep in sin and he ends up handing us a bone and, and all of a sudden it's like everything begins to change. You know, why? Because he wants to show us that the kingdom of heaven is better than the kingdom of darkness. You know, and it's it's important for us to constantly keep our mind on what God is doing. You know, <clears throat> the gospel is the good news. That means that I'm a wretched sinner and I've been saved by grace. You know, that I cannot earn it, that my righteousness is like filthy rags, that I cannot boast. You know, and so often, you know, there's this prosperity gospel that gets preached that now that I have Jesus and I, I pray in the name of Jesus and all of a sudden all these great things are going to come and I'm going to fly a golden jet, which is absolutely not true. You know, as you read the Bible, it talks about you're going to suffer for my sake, you know, and you may live very meekly. You may have just enough to get by, but you'll always have enough, you know, and you know, and that's where the scripture that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It, it says, when I have food, I'm good. When I don't have food, I still got Jesus. When I got money, I still got Jesus. And when I don't have money, I still got Jesus. You know, and it's so important for us to realize that, that Jesus gives us strength in any season that we're in, as long as we keep our eyes on him. You know, but when we're trying to build our own kingdom, laying our lives down and serving and waiting doesn't make any sense. Because we're still trying to build our own kingdom, and I have to be racing ahead. I have to do it myself. Because if I don't do it for me, then no one's going to do it for me. You know, and that's a, a mindset that I lived by by a long, long time. And I know that some of us do it because we grew up poor, we grew up broken, we had, you know, addictions, and you know, we hit the streets, and you know, and we had to manifest what we needed. We had to do it ourselves. But when we realize that God is our provider, and when we press into him and press into, you know, doing things his way, doors begin to open that shouldn't open. You know, that jobs begin to appear out of nowhere. You know, that old relationships begin to get broken off. You know, 
things begin to transition. Things begin to, to heal. Why? Because my eyes are focused on Jesus and not on myself and not on my sin. You know, and it's so important that we keep recognizing, you know, the times that we're backpedaling or the times that we're dabbling in things that we shouldn't be dabbling in. Because the quicker that we repent, because the kingdom of heaven is near, that, you know, the Holy Spirit is constantly working on us, you know, that he's constantly trying to get us to focus on Jesus and, and, and guide us towards Jesus. And, and the more that we're able to listen to him and obey him, the more we're building God's kingdom, not our own. You know, and as we keep our eyes on Jesus through whatever season we're going through, and we're all tempted at moments to, to handle it our own way. But, you know, I've learned, and I, I keep it close to my chest in a sense, that I have a 100% track record of destroying everything I touch. You know, and it's still the truth today. I mean, I have Jesus, and, and you know, I've been surrendered to him. But any time that I start to pick up and do things my way, I can start to feel the chaos start to spin around me because I'm not living the way he wants me to live. You know, and I'm trying to force my will in some area or another. And, I, you know, being a good Christian, I can find a bunch of scriptures that, that, that validate what I'm trying to do. You know, and it, it's so funny when people start throwing out the Bible to validate, you know, their own selfishness or their own sin. And it's like, I don't think that's what that really means. And um, good luck with that. Let me know how that works out. You know, because when I try to force my way, Everything gets crazy. And when I surrender to his way, there may be chaos going on, but I have peace in my heart and I have peace in my mind. Because, you know, the kingdom of heaven is this umbrella that, that covers us. You know, and when I'm doing it my way, things are crazy. When I'm doing it in a sinful way, things are really, really crazy. You know, so there's these principles and, and biblical promises that when I start to live by them, that I'm starting to build God's kingdom in my life, what he has for me. You know, and in Psalms and in Jeremiah, it says that I've knitted you together in the womb and I've created a purpose and a destiny for you. You know, and, you know, so often in my life when I was younger, you know, growing up poor, growing up broken, going through abuse, you know, and having a lot of chaos, you know, I had this, why me? Why this? Why did this happen? Why did I have to go through that? Why can't I be like that? Why, 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 why? You know, and many of us have asked why. You know, and on some level, you know, as kids, we don't really realize what we're doing. We have a sin nature, you know, but we're still trying to do it our way. You know, and it's not until I surrendered to Jesus and allowed him to start healing me that he planted my feet in the kingdom of heaven that now most of my whys have been answered. You know, and what I typically say is that my whys now have faces. Why did I go through that? Well, now I can help this person because Jesus set me free. You know, and as I've given my life over to the kingdom of, of heaven, that he's, the reason that he knitted me together with a purpose and a destiny has come alive. You know, that when I was trying to do it my way, you know, and I was working in the tattoo shop and I was, you know, trying to do what I want to do. And I'm trying to, you know, this is the career that I want. I was absolutely miserable, depressed, and 
you know, addicted, you know, I was just angry all the time, and this is what I want, I'm so happy. No, I wasn't happy doing what I wanted to do. You know, I, I could be, I was so far from happy, it's not even funny. You know, and I remember when God started telling me, you know, it's time to leave the tattoo shop. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. You can come up with something better, God, because you're God. You know, and I started to to really, you know, let him know how awesome he is that he could make this work for me because he's got cool powers and stuff. And he's like, yeah, no, it's time to let this go. You know, and there's stuff in our lives that seems like a great idea, you know, but it's really us. You know, and we've built things up. You know, and there's times that, that the Lord says, no, and you need to let go of that so you can come be in my kingdom. And it's hard for us to let go of what we think is best or what we want for something that's better. You know, and not knowing what better is. You know, I remember leaving the tattoo shop, you know, and I didn't have a job. You know, and money got really, really, really tight. You know, and for years... You know, what God was doing in my life, I wasn't working. I was going to school and doing different things. And, you know, I, I had just enough to get by. And it's like if I, you know, if I really think back at those seasons in my life, I have no idea how I got through them. You know, I went back to college and pay out of pocket because my student loans were in default. And I have no idea where the money came from. But every month I made the payment. And it's like God just provided because I was doing it his way, you know. But it was such a, a hard transition because I had to let go of my hopes, my dreams, what I wanted, and said, all right, God, I'm ready to serve you. And it was one of the most scariest things I've ever done because my identity was in what I wanted. You know, and I remember the day that I left the tattoo shop, I had all these piercings, and I took them out, and I gave them as an offering. You know, I was reading Matthew and the, and the Magi, you know, they came to give their offerings as payment, you know, to pay for the trip that Jesus was about to go on because he was going to leave Bethlehem and go into Egypt because Herod was going to kill him or try to kill him. You know, and and I was reading this in my Bible and I was like, you know what? I'm going for a trip out of sin too. You know, I'm coming out of Egypt. You know, and I took out all my piercings and my identity was wrapped up in working in that place and looking the way that I was looking. And there was like this whole transition for a couple of days. I felt very uncomfortable because I was stepping out of the kingdom of darkness. And I was stepping out of the kingdom of my life. And I was saying, God, here I am. You know, I remember being very disoriented. I remember being very confused. I remember going to an AA picnic somewhere in, in Clinton. And my mom is driving and she's horrible at directions. And she found her way. And I had no idea where I was. Like I was com- I am really good at having my sense of, of direction and sense of bearings. Like I know where I am. I had no clue what was going on. But I also know that I threw those piercings out. You know, I'll say this, that there's nothing wrong with piercings. It was what God was doing in my life. Or I don't believe there's anything wrong with piercings. You can take up with him. But anyway, you know, that there was this identity shift out of the my kingdom or the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of heaven. And there was just all this warfare going around around me. And, you know, I threw them out. I threw them in the garbage so that I couldn't, you know, I couldn't put them back in. Because I know that I would have put them back in. That's how uncomfortable I was feeling. And so often we want to run back to things because the kingdom of, of heaven is very uncomfortable when we let go of something and we start to grab a hold of him. Because everything starts to swirl, in a sense, because 
the enemy is moving in our lives, our brain is trying to figure it out, and you know his ways are not our ways. His kingdom is, is greater than we could ever know. And there's this you know, healing, but also transition and identity. All these different things start to happen when we're coming out of darkness, when we're coming out of sin, when we're coming out of addictions, and we're saying, God, I'm ready to do it your way. That it can be very crazy. It can be very uncomfortable. Because there's an identity shift that I'm not my own anymore. I now belong to Jesus and I'm ready to do it his way. You know, you know, and you see this. You know, that John the Baptist is saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So he's calling us out of the kingdom of darkness. You know, and we're taking a step towards the kingdom of heaven. But then Jesus also goes on to say, deny yourself and follow me. So he's calling us out of the kingdom of ourselves even one step further. So, yeah, we need to repent, but we also need to follow Jesus. And so often we repent, but we don't really follow Jesus. And we're in this transition out of darkness, but still doing it my way. And then we wonder why we're back in darkness, because we haven't really denied ourselves to follow Jesus. You know, so often we're, we're trying to drag all this stuff with us in following Jesus. You know, I see it a lot in relationships, that one person in the relationship, Jesus starts to really get a hold of them. And they drag the other person with them. And it never works. Either you're going to have to let go of the one person, or the person drags you back to the way you were. You know, and I don't understand why he does it that way. And, you know, it isn't that couples can't get transitioned and freed in Christ. But so often, when we're in sin, that he pulls one of us out, and it gets real crazy. And the other one's, you know, not. And we, we wish that they would come, or we, we wish it could be different. But God's saying, no, deny yourself and follow me and watch what I'm going to do with your life. You know, that so often, you know, we prevent kingdom blessings from coming is because we're still trying to operate the way we used to operate. And his principles go far beyond our understanding, especially when we're trying to operate the way we used to, you know, in our selfishness or in our sin, that God has called us to be selfless and to be holy, to be righteous. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness, and all will get added on to us. You know, that all is a big word. You know, and there's things that every one of us in this room have a desire for. You know, but as we seek God and allow him to, to, to work out our sanctification and we begin to walk the way he wants us to walk, the things that we desire, if they align with his will, begin to slowly sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, materialize if we work for them. You know, sometimes God just hands us a blessing and we're like, wow, where did that even come from? And, and we know it was God because we're doing the right thing. You know, so there's these principles that we have to live by, that if I'm living in sin, that I can't be living and chasing God at the same time. You know, if I'm being selfish and I'm not focused on God, I can't be following the kingdom of God either. You know, and so often we have to really repent, and then we need to deny ourselves, and then we, you know, God begins to do these crazy, awesome things in our lives. You know, because the kingdom of heaven is here on earth. You know, Thy will be done, Thy kingdom come, on earth as it is in heaven. You know that I believe that there is times that God gets real close. You know, you you see these, you know, in revivals like. You know, in the Welsh Revival, they said, God, this is a close place. God was here. And literally, the bar shut down. The people got, came out of the jails. 
you know, because everybody was turning their life over to Christ. And that, like, the kingdom of heaven was near. Like, you know, God's principles and God's you know, relationship with, with the Lord was becoming prominent that they, they didn't even know what to do. Like, it was so crazy how things were happening. You know, and I believe that, that we can be awakened. I believe that God can start to move in us right here in Utica. But we have to begin to decide that I'm not going to live the old way anymore. I'm not going to live my way anymore. I'm going to start to say, God, I want to live your way. You know, and it's a day-to-day battle. You know, we can praise the Lord at 8 a.m. and by noon we're neck deep in sin. You know, and it's up to us to constantly be turning our will over. You know, recognize the area of temptation. Recognize some of the people that are in our lives right now that need to be, you know, have better boundaries at least if not cut off. You know, there's places that we go. There's things that we do that these things constantly drag us back into the kingdom of darkness. And we have to choose to say, you know what, enough's enough. I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm chasing after Jesus, and that's, that's all there is to it. There is no more plan B. You know, and for so often, you know, in my life, you know, I'm serving Jesus, and I was running Celebrate Recovery, you know, and I'm, I'm wanting to do it his way, you know, but I had my own agenda. You know, I'm like, well, why isn't this working? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening yet? Why am I not getting this? Because even though I was keeping my eyes on Jesus, I still had my eyes on myself. You know, and I was trying to build my own kingdom and serve Jesus, that Jesus became a way that I could get what I wanted rather than I would get more Jesus. And I remember it was a few years ago now that I had to really say enough, Tom, you know, it doesn't matter if you get what you want. Because what I really, really wanted was Jesus, but some stuff. You know, and I had to realize that Jesus is the only thing that can satisfy me. Because, you know, I can get a title, or I can get a wife, and I can have kids, and I can get money. But none of those things are going to be enough if Jesus doesn't become enough first. And so often we have tried to build our own kingdom and still chase Jesus. And it doesn't matter what we get that more mentality, that I want what I want when I want it, still manifests still to this day. And I have to deny that and say, Jesus, what you want. I'm ready to do it your way. I'm ready to surrender again. You know, And we have to keep our eyes on the kingdom of God because if we get nothing more than what we have today, then we've gained more than we've ever should have gotten in the first place because Jesus laid his life down for our salvation. You know, and But the, the fun part is, is that we're king's kids you know and that we belong in the kingdom of heaven and he he likes blessing us he likes taking care of us he likes you know showing off you know but we have to begin to say you know what i'm ready to surrender i'm ready to do it your way you know and i remember as a, a baby believer and i was very new to this you know and i started telling jesus that i wanted to serve him you know i'm like jesus i want to serve you and I would pray it every day. It was part of my, you know, prayers. You know, and a few weeks had passed, and I'm praying one morning, and I'm saying, Jesus, I want to serve you. You know, and it's like I heard the Holy Spirit laughing. And it stopped me. And it's like the next thing I heard was like, do you even know what that means? And I'm like, no, I don't think I really do know what that means. But you've done so much in my life, and I've given you just this little bit. What would happen if I gave you everything? You know, and I made a decision 
you know, just a few months sober and just a few months saved that Jesus, I'm ready to serve you because he had changed my life in just a, a short amount of time because I decided to do it his way. And I didn't even know I was doing it his way. There's later on in my, my walk with God that I was, as I'm reading through the word of God, that there's prayers that I was praying that are actually scriptures. You know, and that happens to some of us in this room that you don't even realize that you're doing it because the Holy Spirit's putting something deep in your heart because you're pressing into the kingdom of heaven that he's starting to reveal certain truths to you, principles to you, promises to you, and you have never even read the word because he is the word and he's reading you. You know, but I laid my life down to the best of my ability with a very limited understanding and said, here we go. And he has never failed me. He has blessed me more than I could ever imagine. I could not have imagined the life that he's given me considering my life was absolutely awful and I did not deserve a thing. I was a miserable, angry man that I was completely selfish in everything that I did. I deserved death. I deserved prison. I deserved a whole lot of things and he decided to give me mercy and grace. And he gives every one of us in here mercy and grace far beyond we could ever understand. And as we keep pressing into him, he gives us a life beyond our wildest dreams. You know, in Genesis, Joseph is standing there after he's been through so many things. You know, he's he's out of prison and, and Pharaoh is using him and he's standing and he's looking over Egypt and the land. And he's got two kids and a wife. And that's where the scripture Genesis 50, 20 comes from. What the enemy intended for evil, God will use for his glory. But we have to give it to him. We have to lay it down and say, God... Use my past, use my sin, use my pain. I'm giving you my life. And when we do that, God is going to do such amazing things in our lives. Such amazing things that there's going to come a day that we look back over our past. And we say, what the enemy tried to take me out, God keeps using to help other people get set free. And that's really the answer to my whys today. Is that why did I have to go through so much painful things? Is he's given me a testimony in a life that shows that Jesus is real and that you can come out of horrific things. And Jesus, when we focus on him, crazy, awesome things begin to happen. And it doesn't mean that every day is great. That we're going to have ups and we're going to have downs because that's life. You know, we're living in the kingdom of this world, which is riddled with sin. And the enemy gets to prowl around looking for whom he can devour. But as we're pressing into Jesus, he can't take us out. And we have to keep making the decision that... I'm going to press on to Jesus. I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep fighting through. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Jesus. I'm going to trust you, Jesus, no matter what's going on around us. Because the kingdom of heaven is real. And, and Jesus is more real than the air we breathe. You know, so I, I just really encourage you to whatever you're going through right now, there's things that you need to repent of. Talk to him. You know, take a minute silently and just say, Jesus, I'm ready to cut this out. I'm ready to break this off. Jesus, come into my life right in this area. I'm ready to surrender this sin. And I, I also encourage you, after you pray that, say, all right, Jesus, I'm ready to follow you. So let's take a second, you know, and, and pray silently to yourself. And then I'm going to follow us up in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much that you're so faithful to us, Lord, that you revealed yourself long before we ever knew that you were real, Lord, that you've been drawing us, you've been pulling us out of the darkness, you've been pulling us out of our sin, Lord, you're so faithful that you love us so much that you came and got us, even when we did not deserve it, Lord. So, Lord, I ask that you'd help us to be free from the sins that we're still struggling with, Lord, 
and help us to, to deny ourselves and follow you and help us to know that you are so amazing, Lord, that you have such great things for us, Lord. Lord, I ask that you'd guide us as we continue to walk forward. You, you, you would show us who you are. You would show us your will for our lives. And you'd give us glimpses of where you're taking us. Help us to have hope. Help us to find strength in you, Lord. But I also ask for your peace to come right now into our minds, Lord. I pray that your joy would come into our minds, that your love would come into our minds, loosed by the Holy Spirit, Lord, that we would have such a revelation of your awesomeness and your love, Lord, that we would never want to go back to the ways that it used to be. I just thank you so much. In Jesus' name I pray.